I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. It's going quite well. Great. Today we are chatting about Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, this is the only thing I read this week. Okay. And watching... We watched some Catching Killers. We did watch which is the a... second season of Catching a Killer on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Netflix. Um, and... I've been watching some old happy endings, but my sister-in-law's visiting and she always comes to us like a clean slate of not yeah. having watched anything good for a long time. So it's like she was last year. <laughs> so it's like, oh, we got to watch this. I mean, she hadn't seen Free Guy. She hadn't seen the new Ghostbusters. So we yeah. kind of rewatched a bunch of those movies with her. But, you know, just trying to keep her cool, I guess. That's right. Um, I'm still listening to Wicked Deeds on a Winter's Night. Wow, you are. Slowly but surely. Poking through that. Well, um, it's the second one. I think you're thinking, because I've only been listening to this one for a couple weeks. So it's the third one in the series? Yes. Okay. I'm on the third one. Okay. I thought you are still on the second one. No. Um, and I do, like, I have a... Taskmaster podcast that comes out every Thursday. <laughs> so, like, when that comes out, I'm like, oh, I want to listen to that instead. Or, and I've had a couple days where I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like music instead of um, audiobook. So, well, that was because the last book we read, I had to really bust through it at the last minute. And so, <laughs> by the time, you know, I was done with that, I was like, oh, I need a break from reading for a bit because I had really crammed yeah. through, through the reading on that. So, I didn't get another book read this week. Yeah. Um, okay. We ready? I am ready. Go. Do it. Let's get this thing on. (laughs) Yeah. We're recording very late at night, so. A little punchy. We're, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, today we are chatting about Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. It is a standalone novel that came out this past September and, you know, seemingly it's not tied. I don't, I haven't, there's nothing on her Goodreads as coming up. Um, so, and I don't, there's nothing that I would think no, that there's nothing that made me think, to. oh, they're getting their own book. Yeah. I didn't feel that about anyone. No, because even other couples that seem like they're formed are taken care of. Yeah. I the think... only person is maybe, um, Vanya. Vanya. Yeah. Vanya, Vanya. I don't know how you say your name, but maybe, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's the back cover description for Just Haven't Met You Yet. 
Laura's business trip to the Channel Islands isn't exactly off to a great start. After unceremoniously dumping everything in her bag in front of the most attractive man she's ever seen in real life, she arrives at her hotel only to realize she's grabbed the wrong suitcase from the airport. Her only consolation, the irresistibly appealing contents of the case, a copy of her favorite book, piano music, and a rugged, heavy-knit fisherman sweater only a Ryan Gosling lookalike could pull off. The owner of this suitcase is Laura's dream man. She's sure of it. Now all she has to do is find him. The mix-up seems written in the stars. After all, what are the odds that she'd find the one on the same remote island where her mom and dad had first fallen in love? Especially as she sets out to write an article about their epic romance. Commissioning surly cab driver Ted to ferry her around seems like her best bet in both tracking down the mystery suitcase owner and retracing her parents' footsteps. And if beneath Ted's gruffness lies a wit that makes their cab ride strangely entertaining, so much the better. But as Laura's long-lost luggage soulmate proves difficult to find, and as she realizes that the love story she's held on a pedestal all her life might not have been that perfect, she'll have to rethink her whole outlook on love to discover what she really wants. Mom, what did you think of Just Haven't Met You Yet? I'm going to give this one a love, I believe. I think I will as well. First of all, not a fake dating Not book. a fake dating. Hallelujah. So bumps it up way up. Just that alone. I was just so glad not to be reading a fake dating book. Yeah. <sighs> um, agreed. Um, I found it charming. Very charming. I found I it. couldn't pronounce any of the names of any of the places in this book. I didn't yeah. even know what they were supposed to even come close to be. Yeah. But because um, I swear there were letters in there I'd never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, that's okay. I recognized them on site and just moved forward. Yep. <laughs> didn't spend time on like, them. Okay. Beach. Yes. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah. I found it uh, charming. I, there's parts of it that were funny um very gromance yes um and uh and that's our word for women's fiction yes that's my <laughs> word my word okay little r with a circle around it <laughs> <laughs> um and i uh i like the kind of i mean as a seasoned romance reader I, as soon as Ted showed up, I'm like, okay, this is the guy. <laughs> um, but there, it is. It's a pretty good bait and switch. Well, and it's kind of a good buildup because at first, you know, you're not sure what to make of this guy. Uh -huh. He seems a little unpolished as uh -huh. he is, and you know, he just kind of grows and grows and grows on you as the reader yeah. as he's growing on Laura. And yeah. um, I was here for it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, well, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, I don't think it'll end up being like book of the year or anything, but you know, yeah, who knows? Maybe, who knows? maybe the book we read will suck. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I just found it, I found it very charming. It was a very like quick, easy, yeah. um, painless just read. One of those breath of fresh air books. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, so it's definitely a love for me and uh, maybe not like a really love because nothing that like completely blew me away but 
Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot that I, I like about it. Um, definitely. What I agree. You, what I agree. Are, I agree. I agree. Okay. I'm trying to ask a question now. <laughs> what did you think of Laura as our heroine? I like Laura. There were some things she did that I was like, oh, Laura. She, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's fun. And I really, um, I liked her kind of, uh, hopeless romantic and all that kind of stuff, but also that was sometimes what bugged me about her. Well, it reminded me a little bit of our good friend Carrie Winfrey's book, Waiting for Tom Hanks, where she's got this romanticized vision of what mm-hmm. she wants out of romance or mm-hmm. out of a love life. And, you know, it kind of breaks apart and falls apart. Yeah. But in the long run, that's what she need. That's what she needed. She needed that fixed in her um so it it was good. I liked her journey. I liked her realizing that, you know, not everything's perfect, but that's okay. Yeah. And that, um, yeah, and, and she has an interesting journey, which we're going to talk some more about. But, um, I, I mean, it's, in, it's an interesting romance novel. I guess, well, I'll say, I was going to say, we can, I have a question later, but, um, yes, I, <laughs> I liked her. She frustrated me. Oh my gosh. The whole scene where she gets stuck in the coat closet or the coat alcove. And yeah. it's like, girlfriend, just, so she walks in the house cause the door is open and she's trying to find this woman who she doesn't know. And, um, she's calling out. She can hear noise in the house. She's calling the woman's name, but the woman's not responding. And then another person comes up. And so, because she's embarrassed that she's in the house of a person that she doesn't know, so she hides behind the door, gets stuck in a coat alcove while this man and woman are having sex. And I was like, oh, girl, just, uh, why can't you just say when the guy comes up, I was trying to find her, the door was open, I was calling, and that's that's where we are right now. Yeah. <laughs> I did not mean to see the things that I have found. Well, she could have said that before any of the other craziness stopped, started, yeah. but I would, <laughs> when she's showing her pictures and the lady's like, is that my coat alcohol? I'd be like, nope, nope, <laughs> no, nope, move along. <laughs> Men in black mind wiper. Um, yeah, but even, I mean, more frustrating for me was like when um, oh. he's like getting ready to, or like her and Ted are getting ready to kiss and then her phone rings and she's like, oh, Jasper. I'm like... Stop it. Stop. Ted. Ted. (laughs) Forget about Jasper. Uh, Yeah, but that's just because... I mean, I was trying to think about this because I was trying to think how I would be... However, in her defense... Yeah. He was... Just cut me off. That's fine. I... Yeah, because what I have to say is going to be more important than what you were going to say. I can guarantee it. I think it's it. going to be the same thing I was about to say, but because you are you, you feel like you need to say it before me. So you can put that R with a circle around it on it. <laughs> okay. Everything you say is correct. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Let me go. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. He was still married and still kind of mooning over his wife. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think he knew it was over, but he just still was having a hard time moving on. And so I get that, I get where she was coming from. It's like, well, this guy's a bit of a hot mess. Well, and I was, 
I, before you so rudely interrupted me, which you give what? me shit for doing Whatever. that to Whatever you. Whatever you're about to say is not as important as <laughs> what I just said. Um, I was trying to think when I was reading it, if I happened to get a wrong suitcase and I opened it and it's got... Uh, what would what would Marvel? my what would my suitcase? <laughs> Your suitcase a Star would have Wars shirt, <laughs> a Marvel shirt, a um. Well, I did like the fisherman sweater. Yeah, I, did like <laughs> I was that. here for that, and especially when they described it as a Chris Evans from Knives Out sweater, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Whatever, whatever's gonna maybe happen. Mine next. would be not like a Marvel, like not like a Star Wars shirt, but like. Um, like covert nerdiness because sometimes like the overt nerds are, you know, just straight out nerds, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like Star Wars boxers or something like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> or like a tie with hidden, a hidden Star Wars design in there. Yeah. Um, maybe some socks, Marvel socks. Yeah. What else would mine be? Um, okay. The To Kill a Mockingbird. I also love that book, but I'm like, everybody loves that book. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody does. Um, and um, music for, um, what would my music be? Well, it depends on the week. Go- goofy movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the soundtrack to the Goofy movie. You find that guy and I will be, I've dropped dead impressed. <laughs> Um, my music, I don't know. Maybe like if I had to pick one artist, I know that's what I'm trying to think. Maybe Tom Petty. Yeah, I was thinking. Or Tom Fleetwood Petty. Mac. Those would be. Yeah, those would probably be some of mine too. <laughs> oh, um, I can't tell me that I brought you up, <laughs> can you? Um. Yeah. Uh. But anyway, I so I was trying to think like if I opened a suitcase where I'm just like. This I, is my guy. I got to meet this guy. Like, I think I probably would um, kind of pull a lot of some of the same shenanigans as her. And you would sort of get, I don't know, maybe a little blinded. Especially because of, like, her profession and, you know. So I I kept kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt because she has built up her job is interviewing people about how they met and their meet cute and all this kind of stuff. And so she's has a really romanticized view of meet cutes and, um, how she's going to meet, you know, the love of her life, etc. Um, and so I did like, <laughs> I would try, I kept trying, like pausing and trying to, um, you know, think about her in that respect. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I probably, I get it. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think of Ted as our hero? Well, I kind of talked about Ted already, but I did, I really liked Ted. I liked seeing him kind of blossom before our eyes. Well, and I like how he's kind of like quietly having his own journey going on in the background yeah. that we only sort of see like snippets of. Like she walks up on him and he's, you know, having a really contemplative moment and throwing his ring in the ocean kind of thing. Um, and then he shaves and he shaves. And so you kind of see him taking these like baby steps, but it's always kind of going on in the background of her. Well, and part of that is because we don't have his POV. Yeah. But, um, but it worked for me and, yeah. and I, I really liked watching him kind of grow and blossom while all this other shenanigans are going on. Well, and obviously he's been in a, in a bad place. So kind of coming out of his 
fog is his journey, you know, kind of um, dealing with his dad and um, kind of the guilt that he feels with that and then dealing with the dissolution of his marriage and his job and all this stuff. Like, he's got a lot going on. Poor guy. Um, I like that you, for, like, the whole book, don't know how old he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, he starts getting younger and younger yeah. and younger. <laughs> Benjamin Buttonick. <laughs> There's a lot of good uh, pop culture references. Yes, a this. lot of good pop culture. I was there for that. Yeah. In fact, I highlighted a lot of them in the book. Yeah. And then Alan got ahead of me, and it wouldn't was a moot point that... Yeah. Um, but yes, I, um, I liked him a lot. He sounds pretty dishy, especially once he shaves. And I, but when he, but when she kept wanting him to shave, I was like, but maybe just a little bit. Well, and then in the epilogue. Yeah, she, she grew, had him grow back his, his beard, but he kept it trimmed. Groomed, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, really liked him. He has a couple things. Um, a little bit, well, I don't know. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the conflict, too. Um, kind of tangentially, but what did you think of Jasper? Jasper sounded sweet. Great. I mean, he was fine. The thing that, that's I, the word for him. He's fine. It kind Jasper's of pulls fine. off like, um, uh, you know, like, uh, Sweet Home Alabama got, like, a lot of attention when it came out because it was kind of one of the first movies where the the other male lead is... Wasn't a bad guy. Wasn't a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just not the right guy, right. you know? And he... Well, and I liked that realization. I liked the, the way they played that. I liked yeah. the way... Or the author, I guess. The way she she played that in that he wasn't a bad guy and he didn't ever really do anything and he, wrong. And he wants to fall in love and have a family and he deserves that. There's yeah. nothing... There's nothing bad about him. He's just, and you know, he's, yeah, he's a little dorky about his kitchens and, and. That was a little weird. But. <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, that's his hustle and he's got his thing. And I love the end where he's like, yeah, go get your kitchen. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want you to settle for law. <laughs> law. Yeah. I don't want you to settle for a lawyer. Go get, go get your kitchen. <laughs> um, and so he was a sweetheart. And so, um, his, uh, eventual, romantic interest uh, took me a little by surprise. That but, took me a little by surprise, too. But, but I'm like, yeah. Get you know your... what? Everybody has but their I, person. And I think that, um, spoiler alert, him ending up with Suki further kind of um, illustrates the, I think, one of the morals of the story, for lack of a better word, where it's just like, yeah, it's not just because, you know, you're not going to fall. The right person isn't necessarily always going to have the same exact interests and stuff as or you. have everything in common. I mean, that's, I yeah. mean, my husband and I, we've been married yeah, we've talked about this almost four years and have almost nothing in common. Yeah. <laughs> Other than three children. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I liked, I liked that. And, um, you know, that him and Suki, when they're getting interviewed, it's like, yeah. We don't have that much in common. She likes this. I like that. She, but like she kind of softens him and, or he kind of softens her and she, yeah. you know. No, I think it's, I, I like that moral of this story. Yeah. Um, 
So how much did you want to go to the Channel Islands? After? Oh my gosh, I actually sat down and watched Guernsey and the Potato Peel Pie What is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, just because it made me want to watch something about the Channel Islands, and that was the only thing I could think of. And um, and can I mention the hot pig farmer in that? Because gosh dang him. But anyway, Dozzy. <laughs> Dozzy. Um. His yes. Holy sweater. Yes. Is, mm. ugh, yes. Is, Old ratty sweaters. Mm-hmm. Gosh darn. Anyway, um, yeah, it made me really want to go visit the Channel Islands because, you know, that's not a setting that we get to see very often, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I really liked, um, yeah, the way she describes them and kind of romanticizes them. I think especially through Laura's eyes, you know, yeah. you're kind of getting this... And her parents' love story. Yeah. Um... And I liked all of that and, you know, kind of his family and the characters that she meets there. And, um, I will say, um, speaking of her in the alcove and kind of the assumptions that she makes about Maude and Keith, Frank Keith. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Keith's married, like what the heck? But then you kind of get to know more about the story, and she's kind of like, you know, you can't know anything. Yeah, you can't, you can't judge people because you don't know what, what they're what, living. Yeah, what they've got going on. Um, but yeah, it really did make me want to go visit Jersey. Yeah, hang out with some cows. Maybe we should do that on one of our trips. We should. Um, that we never go on. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. I'm trying to think which of these I want to ask first. So she goes to Jersey because that's where her parents met and fell in love and have this epic love story. She's going to write an article about this joining of these two halves of the coin and all this stuff. And then when she's there and kind of talking to this estranged family that she has on her dad's side, she starts to learn kind of the truth of the story. So what did you think of that element of the book? I liked it and I understood it, I guess. But really, honestly, I can't imagine a mother doing that to their kid and lying to them about... I sort of... (laughs) Yeah. I get it. But then if what her mother told her is true, that they met, fell in love, got married, were married for four years, and then dad was killed in an accident... um, then why is his family not part of her life? That Well, they had the falling out over objects. Yeah, over the coins. But that would make so little sense in that... It makes sense, totally makes sense, in the fact that they never got married and never... You know, that that was never a thing. Then it makes sense. Like, yeah, you wouldn't want this random person to have this family heirloom. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make sense in the context of them being married and, and having this happy life together. And then... Yeah, because then it seemed like the grandparents would want her to have this family heirloom. Yeah, I mean, I think that she, I think her mom always kind of explained it to her as they didn't want us to have it. They wanted to keep it for themselves. And so we had a falling out over that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, th- I found it interesting, the, the, like, giving her mementos that were not that were never his. Like she went dad's. and bought a random watch and some books and some records and said, "Oh yeah, your dad left these for you." That's kind of weird. 
It is kind of weird. And it's, it's, um, but you and I both don't place a lot of, um, sentimental value on no. objects. We do not at all. Um, <laughs> at least more, we put less so than a lot of people do. Um, and I did sort of get her mom's, you know, her mom growing up without a dad in the picture who didn't seem to care at all about her, then wanting to give, like, not do the same thing to her daughter. I sort of, like, with that background, you sort of understand it a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, and it was kind of, you know, and it's part of Laura's journey that she as she's discovering the truth of this, she's kind of starting to learn more about like how she has put their relationship on a pedestal and how she has kind of, um, how it's kind of created like ideals in her brain. Well, that... Unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Um, so I did, I did like it all as part of her journey. Some yeah. of it seems a little odd to me, but I also kind of got it as a whole, I would say. Um, so this book really champions the happily for now, happy yes. for now, as opposed to the happily ever after. Um, what did you make of that? Well, we all like to believe in a happily ever after. Yeah. Um, but it's, it literally says in the book, you can't know the future. So just be happy for now. And yes, I believe in that to an extent. I mean, it, you can't just not look to the future because otherwise no one would go to college and no one would you know, care about looking for a job or anything. I mean, you mm -hmm. have to look at the future in order to be a functioning adult. But um, uh, but I did like the, um, you can't, you can't not go for something because of, fearing what might happen in right, the future. Right. Um, Definitely. And so you have to live in the moment in that sense and still like do your best to make <laughs> the future good for you. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of it is don't be so focused on the future that you don't enjoy the here and now. Yeah. Yes. And also... Or um, the past. Don't be so focused on the past that you can't enjoy the here and now. Yeah. And um, and also, you know, she... I think it's... Uh, Susan? What's Who's the neighbor? Sandy. Sandy. I was like, I know it's an S, but, you know, my brain that doesn't actually read words. Um, <laughs> uh, Sandy, who is talking to Laura, and she, you know, tells her, like, I know that your meek, or maybe it's even Jasper's family, like, you know, your meat cutes are all good and great, but, you know, a, a love story is not actually the ending. It's all the moments that... In between. Yeah. And it's not just the meeting. It's, you know, there's more to a love story than just the meet cute. Yeah. It's, um, it's an entire life, you know, of... Of little things instead yeah. of one big... And so, um, you know, I liked kind of you, you pick, you know, you find someone who you think you can make it work with and you just kind of go for it, hope for the best. And it might, it not, might, is it possible that it won't end up, you know, working out in the end? Yeah. But I don't know. 
just got to take your best shot. And especially when she kept, like, kind of thinking about all the people that she's talked to with their their meet-cutes. And she's like, I wonder if I went and talked to... How many of them are still together? And yeah. And how many of them are, are making it work and how many aren't? And Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a unique in, you know, because I think we... We tend to think a lot about happily ever afters, HEAs, and stuff like that. But this one is definitely seems to be more of a proponent of the HFN, and which puts it in the romance mm-hmm. more so category, I think, than a regular romance. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's talk about the conflict. Which there's a lot that kind of happens at the eleventh hour of this book. <laughs> um. You know she's. She's going to get uh, pictures done with a photo shoot with Jasper. Jasper. And it did turn into this big, like, commercial thing. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I would not want my, you know, even if she did go with Jasper, I wouldn't want my whole love story story to be wrapped up around, you know, selling suitcases. Yeah. And, um... You know, Ted had been, like, kind of missing for, like, 24 hours or something like that. Yeah, he kind of had a little breakdown. Yeah, um, because uh, he finally had his ex-wife's contact information. And uh, and then, like, the ex-wife shows up and... And her... she was... And I did... I actually did like that part. And I liked her big reveal. Yeah, which is what I called, by oh. the way. I, d- I did not see that one coming. I, I knew someone was going to end up being the Tiger author. Woman, you know, right? That's what the... Yeah, Tiger Woman. Um, I knew someone was going to end... Someone that we knew. And at first I was like, maybe Vanya. But then when Belinda's kind of this, like, mysterious figure and we don't know what she's been doing. Yeah. And, you know, someone who kind of wanted to spread their wings, I'm like, okay, it's going to be Belinda. Um, and I called that pretty freaking early. However, on. and I was fine with all that. I didn't like how bitchy she was to her. And she kept saying, oh, I'm just teasing. It's like, no, you're not. That's what, Those are terrible things to say to a person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she was just doing it to, like, get her ankles up. But I know, but it was it was off-putting. I agree. Um, and so, had they had sex by then? When, yes, yes. they had had sex. When Would, Belinda shows up, yes. Had they had sex when... She goes off to take pictures with Jasper? No. No, right? No. No. Because he comes and gets her in his cab, and then they go off and yeah. do it. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's kind of the conflict is, does she kind of go and maybe make it work with, you know, which one is she going to try to make it work with? And... Here you've got Jasper, who, like, wants it all, and he wants it sooner rather than later. He's pretty into her. He seems like kind of a sure bet, you know. <laughs> and then you've got Ted, who is... A little broken. Yeah, and he's got some baggage and, um, you know. And so, you know, it's kind but of... he's the guy you feel it with. Yes, and so just kind of deciding who she wants to end up with, and then obviously she ends up with Ted. Um, So how did you think the handling of the conflict all went down? Yeah, and I think Belinda could be part of the conflict. I mean, that whole kind of... 
Yeah, because the whole, and him missing for a while was kind of conflicty. Yeah. So um, that, that whole last, you know, four chapters or so. Yeah. But, um, no, I thought it was good. And I, and I liked the, um, you know, it was, no one turned off, she lost her cell phone for a while, which, <laughs> but it that wasn't really... But even that is more acceptable to me than turning it off. Yeah. It, that wasn't really a player in all this. Turning it off is like a conscious decision to be unreachable. Yeah. So there was no cell phones turning off. There was no... Um, no, I thought everything... Even him, like, going away and, you know, her not being able to get a hold of him. Like, you even sort of get that because it's like, he's got some stuff to deal with. He doesn't want to, like... Do it in front bring, of her. Yeah, do it in front of her or, like, bring her into it in any way until he knows, like, what is going on in his brain kind of thing. Yeah. So even that, like, I get. Um, but, yeah, I, there's nothing about... I'm, I'm totally fine with... If we had his POV, it might have p pissed me off what he was doing. Yeah, probably. Um, but, I mean, I guess I was kind of frustrated with her when... Well, honestly, the thing that frustrated me the most about her going off with Jasper to take pictures is I wish she had just said... But then, you know, you don't get the, like, grand gesture and stuff. But I wish she had just said, I want to be with you. Like, I want us to make this work. Let me go off... And take these pictures with Jasper. Well, but, and that would have been fine. And that's really what she thought she was getting and into. And she should have said, it's just going to be a freaking advertisement for suitcases. Like, at But she point. didn't realize they were going to be filming the whole thing. She yeah. knew they were going to do a photo shoot. She didn't yeah, realize they were going to be filming the whole thing live. And that's when she started thinking, I can't stand up here and pretend like this is what, what I, I want. want. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, and... Yeah. So I guess that is technically what happened, what I just said, huh? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's been well, a whole she 24 hours since I finished it. <laughs> she didn't say, um, I want to be with you. She just said, kind we of. We can talk about it and we can like, you know, yeah, see. Yeah, she said, I'm not going to marry him. Let me just go and do this thing and then I'll come back and we'll talk. Yeah. And that's kind of where it was left. And he, and he just kind of was grumpy about the whole thing. And yeah, because he was the one that was like, if you go off and do this. Like, you're telling the whole world that you want to be with Jasper. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I was like, calm down. <laughs> um, you just, you know, divorced yeah. your wife. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, okay, let's talk about sex, baby. It's very mom-friendly. It's extremely mom-friendly. <sighs> like, almost too mom-friendly. <laughs> <laughs> want a little slice I'm not of saying I, you know, gotta have... <laughs> Some racy stuff, but a little bit would be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very, um, very fade to black, very nebulous, um, very like we did it all night, but that's all that's said. And then again in the shower. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And apparently he's got know, the stamina. He's got those feet that are bigger than Jasper's. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Um, yeah. Uh, I will say I never had the firmest grasp on what any of these people looked like. Sort of Ted with... We got more of Ted than anyone else. I mean, we got that they were good looking. Yeah. 
And, like, she had blonde hair, but even that was, like, mentioned briefly. Like, like yeah. A throwaway comment. Yeah. Um, I never... You never know what Jasper really looks like other than he's attractive and the most beautiful man she's ever seen. The most beautiful man she's ever seen. Until Ted fondling her tampons. <laughs> um, okay, I will say that scene because um, the tampons thing. When I went to Italy and I was going to be living there for like a year and a half, um, I knew from my time in Vienna that it's really hard to find tampons with applicators. Like, it's just not a thing in Europe. At least, like, in my experience, it's just, like, it's all OBs. Like, that's all you can buy over there. So when I was going to Italy, I was like, well, screw that. I'm not freaking doing that for a year and a half. And so I (laughs) packed, like, two gallon-sized bags (laughs) of, uh, like, tampons (laughs) And and I, and I was and I packed them in my suitcase and then I got off the plane and and I had one of those notes in my bag that said like your bag was checked you know by security <laughs> and I was like they probably think I have a real problem. <laughs> Why does she need all these tampons? Because <laughs> I think I had like four boxes worth of tampons in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> but I just was not going to be caught unawares with freaking OBs. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very particular about my plastic applicators. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so there's my. So I thanks for sharing. So when she was saying, you know, this why is Ellen's oversharing corner? <laughs> so always, she, <laughs> always to do with my. Parents. Always got to do some oversharing. Um, when she had like 50 tampons she's like why did i bring so-? i mean that's worse than mine that is worse because she was only there for even she i was highlighted like it because i was thinking why do you need so many effing tampons <laughs> if you're only going to be there for three days there were a couple moments that were done for comedic effect that i was like okay that's kind of ridiculous <laughs> the tampon thing the sex the uh, modern key coat alcove yeah um Okay, what was your swooniest moment? Oh, God, I always forget that I have to come up with one of these. My swooniest moment. My swooniest moment. My swooniest moment before you steal mine is uh, him shaving his beard. That was a good swoony moment. Just because, like, you know, he gets all nervous and um, just, like, the way he's, like, Well, you can tell he kind of had an epiphany. Yeah. And, you know, and this was going to be his big... Well, because I think think it's Sandy who says, like... You know, she keeps making kind of digs about, like, you're hiding behind your beard and, you know, um, so he kind of gets a couple of those comments and then she makes some comment about, like, you'd look so much better if you shaved. And he's like, oh, really? And then, like, the next morning he comes down and he's shaved and I'm like, oh, Ted. Oh, Ted, look at you. So-and-so. And it was, like, so indicative of his journey and his, you know, kind of beginning to move on from yeah the come from, out of the fog a little bit more and um I really liked I like her making the cabinet for him. Yeah. I liked um and how much that meant to him. And yeah. Stuff. And I liked the um like when she's made the bracelet and he notices that she's got this bracelet that has the sea glass in it and I don't know, there are a lot of little moments that There's I really a lot liked. and I also um I think I, I really liked when she first is hanging out with Jerry and Sandy and 
they keep saying kind of things that are embarrassing him and he keeps like his ears keep going red <laughs> and stuff like that. And so just those moments where he starts to kind of throw out more, you start to get more hints that he's kind of got a little crush on her and stuff like that are really Well, cute. and when she, when he dives in the water because he thinks she might have drowned yeah. and, uh, and he comes out all wet and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I thought you were drowning! <laughs> um, and I also, what was I going to say? Oh, I like when... Um, they're about to kiss and her phone rings and it's Jasper and he's like, please don't, don't answer, answer your it. phone yeah. right now. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Come on. Don't answer your phone. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, okay. For now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be talking about your thoughts on just haven't met with, just haven't met you yet. So stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Kensington's newest title from Rebecca Zanetti, You Can Run. Hi, No Yomos. Ellen here with another recommendation. This time, one for our listeners who are looking for a little more action and suspense with their romance. The Blacklist meets Luther, combined with Justified in a brand new romantic thriller series by New York Times and USA Today bestselling author Rebecca Zanetti as FBI Special Agent Laurel Snow a rising star profiler strives to stay one step ahead of the criminal mind and discovers that her own demons may be the hardest to outrun. Laurel Snow wouldn't call hunting a serial killer a vacation, but with a pile of dead bodies unearthed near her Genesis Valley, Washington hometown, she'll take what she can get. Yet something about this case stirs her in unexpected ways, like the startling connection she feels to Dr. Abigail Kane, a fiercely intelligent witness with a disturbing knack for making Laurel feel like she has something on her. Then there's Laurel's attraction to Huck Rivers, the fish and wildlife officer guiding her to the crime scene and into the wilderness. A a former soldier and a trained sniper, Huck seems to have his own secrets, not least of which are his whereabouts the night yet another woman disappears. And when the body is dumped where Laurel can't help but find it, she knows this cat and mouse game is deeply personal. Once in the heart of darkness with Huck, Laurel must negotiate her conflicting feelings for him, her complex rapport with Abigail, and her mission to find a serial killer among a growing list of suspects and a danger that's far too close to home. So close, in fact, Laurel fears she will never find her way back to the woman she once was. So basically, what I'm getting is it's a murder show with romance. (laughs) And you can probably guess that Mom and I are definitely on board. You can find You Can Run by Rebecca Zanetti wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and oh, mail. I, can't say I, have, I haven't missed that. You've missed it. <laughs> you told me. Um, so, bum, bum, bum. we do have some news. Big news. Big news that is already all over our socials, so you already know it, but we thought we would talk about it anyway, because uh, we always do. Uh, this past week, we came out with our fall, no, what season are we in? Spring, Spring. reading so list. So close. <laughs> Completely. The farthest one away I could have picked. Um, our spring reading list. And, uh, we're super excited about it. I did have to make a revision to it. So make sure that when you're looking at it, you're looking at the updated list. 
Um, which is as follows. March 7th, No Words by Meg Cabot, which I'm excited about because Meg Cabot was like one of my gateway drugs into romance because she got this little tween heart pumping <laughs> with... Did she, she got, write the Princess Diary books? Yes. And then um, she wrote a lot of books that like I loved. Um, so... Her and Sophie Kinsella. Those are the names I remember from your... Yes. Youth. Yes. Youth. Youth. The two youths. Um, yes. I loved Make Cabot books, so I'm excited to read. I've read, like, some of her older um, adult books, but I'm excited to read one of her newer offerings, because I haven't read one of her newer books in a while. Um... March 14th, we will be reading The Making of a Highlander by Elisa Braden. Uh, March 21st, we're finally reading a Colleen Hoover. Like, literally, I've never even read one even outside of the podcast. So, um, and it's going to be Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. So we're excited. Oh, and that episode, we're going to have listener Ruthie on yeah. with us to chat. We're super excited to have her on. Um, March 28th. You won't guess, but we are talking about the second season of Bridgerton. So, you Season know, two is coming out? What? Um, there's a trailer that came out? What? What? We've not watched it a bunch of times. Um, and so we will watch the whole season that in, weekend. In one night, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, probably one night, let's be honest. We're, we're a little concerned because we, we're going to have family in town and we're like, Hopefully they don't get in the way of <laughs> yeah, us watching Bridgerton. Put your kids to bed. We're going to be up all night watching Bridgerton. <laughs> uh, put little ears away <laughs> and little eyes. Um, April 4th, we'll be reading uh, From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout, which both of us have actually read um, already. And spoiler alert, we both liked it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so we're excited to talk about that one in a more official capacity, as requested by y'all. Uh, April 11th, we will be talking about Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon, um, writer of the X-Talk, which we liked quite a bit yes. last year. Um, then we're going to take a break week because mom thinks that she's probably going to end up making Easter dinner. <laughs> And so it's hard for me to get all this recording done when I have big family events going on. Yes. And then April 25th, y'all have me super nervous to talk about Neon Gods by Katie Robert, um, which I knew that this one is pretty saucy, but I was like, well, mom handled Immortals After Dark fine, so... We'll see how it goes. We'll see then, how it goes. And then all of you guys are like, ooh, mom gets to read Neon Gods? <laughs> I'm like, come on, guys. You're not making me feel better about this. Um, May 2nd, we'll be talking about Battle Royal by Lucy Parker. Um, and then May 9th, Dating Dr. Dill by Nisha Sharma, who we actually met at... Kiska. Oh, yeah. Was she at our table? Yes, she was. Um, and then May 16th, this is the book that we had to change. Um, we were going to read A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera. Um, and then 
you guys helped me realize that that book doesn't come out until May 31st, but also I kind of put that on you guys because you guys put it on the poll, not me. <laughs> um, we just assume they're out. <laughs> um, and so we will save that one for our okay. summer list. And instead we're going to read The Siren of Sussex by Mimi Matthews, which I'm also very excited to read. It's got really good reviews and it looks like it'll be fun. So... That is what we will read on May 16th. Um, and then on May 23rd, we will be reading The Roughest Draft by Emily Wibber Wibberly and Austin Sigmund Broca. Um, so there's that one. And then on May 30th, we'll be having The Free For All. And really excited about this list. I think there's only two authors that we've um, talked about before on the podcast. So... Um, you know, I'm always, I'm always glad when we can kind of get a good mix of newbies on there. Mom, what are you most excited to read? When I, um, <coughs> is it Rose and Ash? Yeah. Cause I've oh, already Blood read and Ash. Blood and Ash. I'm yeah. get all those. Court of Rowan. You always get Court, <laughs> Court of Thorn, Thorn and, and Roses, Roses and, and from Blood and Ash. Ash. I get those two books mixed up. In fact, I don't even know right now which one is. <laughs> Shame but, on you. But, um. Because I'm like, this isn't one of those 700 page books, is it? It might be. Uh, no, I think court. I think it's court. Uh, it's pretty long. I think, but uh, it's the court and Ash or the court and court. And <laughs> Look, you thought <laughs> me doing it. Court of Thorn and Roses, I think, are the longer ones. Okay, but I do think that they're also pretty long. <laughs> so, anyway, um, we're super excited to dive into another list with you guys and um. Hope that you guys are as well. We'll see you for the next break segment. Welcome back. So you've heard from us. Now let's hear from you on what you guys think of Just Haven't Met You Yet. First up, we have Catherine who says, Aw, how can you not want to go to Jersey after that? So true. Seriously. Uh, the second she gets Ted to take her photo with the cow, I thought, oh, if they made this into a movie, they'd make Ted be the hero. I was so sure with Jasper on the cover and the meat cute with the tampons at the right percentage. You got me good, Sophie Cousins. Um, the age difference is funny because we're not sure what it is until 60%, LOL. I actually love that. The more noticeable age difference was between Sandy and Laura. I think Sandy expected Laura to act more mature a couple times. I was I was trying to figure out, because Sandy must have been close to how old. I thought Suki was older. I was surprised because I thought Suki was like an older woman, like 40s, 50s. No, she's like closer to, I think she's supposed to be close to... Laura's age. Well, then she winds up with Jasper, and yeah. I was like, oh, wait, I guess she's younger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Sandy, I'm guessing, is around Ted's age, because she said that they, like, grew up together. Grew up together. Anyway. Um, the conflict was... This con Catherine continuing. Uh, the conflict was well-written, in my opinion. I liked Ted a lot, and while Laura was in grow-mance mode for a lot of it, although Ted did some growing of his own, certainly, what made me really admire Laura was when they are at the coffee shop and this guy starts talking to Ted. Laura knows exactly when and how to introduce herself as Ted's passenger. I never know what to do in those situations, but she's effortless. 
Next time someone asks why there is a great uh, resignation, I'll show them all the romance book bosses we've been reading about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my biggest question after reading is this. If you found out at 29 that you'd been pronouncing your last name wrong your whole life, as in you're the only person in the whole world pronouncing it your way, including within your family, as is her situation, how would you proceed? That's a good question. Because I did think about that. Well, like, we had some friends that, like... Oh, yeah. Changed their... And it wasn't even him. Like, it was his last name. I mean, he brought the last name to the marriage. And then his wife all of a sudden decided, we're going to change the pronunciation of the name. And she started just pronouncing it wrong. And if you said it the old way, she's like, oh, no, it's this now. And it just seems super pretentious to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think I'd just keep it the way I had always been saying it. But then, especially if she's going to be moving or staying on Jersey Island, they're all going to know that she's saying it wrong. Yeah. Here's the thing that I thought was weird, is she had this story about the coin mm -hmm. and her family, and apparently it was in the newspapers and was kind of a big deal at the time. So how come no one else on the island like knew about it or remembered it happening? I don't know. There was a couple, and I don't know, there was a couple things like with when they were trying to even find... Like Jasper's family. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it seems like more people would know who these people are. They're on an island where... Like, everybody knows everybody. Well, it's not that small. Well, it just seems like, I don't know. It seemed like, because it was like 8,000, I think they said, that live on the island. But still, that's pretty small for a... Yeah. Like, yeah. It just seemed like, I don't know. It seemed like more people would know have known her family, and like, as soon as she said her name, like, oh, are you related to da 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 It just seems like more people would know each other. Yeah, I thought that a couple times as well. Um, Cassie says, I really enjoyed this book. Laura's journey was emotional and also funny, and the premise of the story was cute. It was more of a romantic fiction slash romance than a true romance, which I don't usually prefer, but this story really worked for me. The little quotes from the self-help book sprinkled throughout were a funny addition. I also liked how the love triangles were handled. Overall, this book was a winner for me. Um, yeah, I did like the tiger. I mean, honestly, I was like... I was like, yeah, Tiger Woman. Well, I, I am a Tiger the letters, woman. too. For the, like, her parents' letters that... Yeah. That kind of... Some history without going, you know, going into a lot of background. Yeah. And that you're kind of reading them, you know... As the story's unfolding for yeah. her. Yeah. Jen says, I love this book. This was my second time listening to it, and I smiled the whole time. The first time I listened, I was sure Jasper was going to end up being Laura's half-brother or cousin. That's what I said to <laughs> Said, sounds like her dad could have had a lot of little bastards running around that yeah. island. <laughs> yeah. Um, this time I was able to sit back and just enjoy. Laura's inner monologue was hilarious. I'm just going to listen, list some of the favorite things. Ted's wisdom. Laura's names for Ted. Beardy McCastaway. Laura refusing to give up the luggage. That was kind of funny. Was when funny. She's like, <laughs> she's like, what's the other way? Running out of the airport. <laughs> and I was, they keep like throwing stuff off cliffs and dogs keep eating sweaters and things like that. Uh, how Tiger Woman and Henry Cavill end up in the story. Uh, Laura's adventure at Maud's at Maud's house, LOL. Finding out in increments Laura's parents' story. Uh, anyways, I love this romance. I think I don't I didn't think Sophie Cousins could surpass her previous book this time next year, but this book is just as good. Um, maybe I'll have to check that out. Um I love that my word is taking off. Thank you all for pitching <laughs> in. <laughs> Making that happen. Um, yeah, I there is a lot of, like, good little nuggets. I kept highlighting 
these little nuggets of wisdom that Jerry says or like that they that he says about like love being like chain letters that kind of get passed. I did love that metaphor. Yeah. Um the story <laughs> This is funny to me because the story of um the picture with Henry Cavill and yeah. all of them. It totally reminded me of that picture. My husband um yeah. during the first Gulf War, is that a what yeah. you say? Was he got sent to um uh, anyway, an island in the Indian Ocean, and uh, they apparently did a lot of swimming. And he came home with a picture of all these guys that we are friends with, um, naked from the backside, all looking over their shoulders with just their butts, a row of guys' butts. And it totally reminded you know, it's just kind of a funny picture that we own, and it totally reminded yeah, me of the that. The first time seeing that as a child was a little scarring, I <laughs> <Yeah>. think. <laughs> it's like, wait, these are people I know. <laughs> I don't want to see his butt. Um, I did, by the way. <laughs> and you're not talking about that. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm glad, because when you were saying that you thought that Jasper was going to end up being uh, related to her, I, I was glad it didn't go that route, because it makes it more meaningful that she has to actually choose right. Ted over Jasper, right. as opposed to just like, oh, it won't work, because... But it was just funny, because just from the way the story is going, it's like, you wouldn't just assume that you're not related to someone when yeah. it's an island where you've got a lot of family. True. Uh, Victoria says, I really enjoyed this book. The setting was stunning. I loved how everyone kept referring to Guernsey Potato Peel Pie Society as if there's only one channel island. <laughs> and, well, Henry Cavill. All good reasons to visit Jersey now. I rooted for Ted from the start of their day trip around the island, and I expect Jasper to be revealed to have some kind of weird ulterior motive. I'm glad he didn't. Very British storytelling. I agree that romance should be a thing. Get that copyright now. Uh, Thank you. Short of a love for me only because I find her writing a bit dry, but that's a personal preference rather than a fault in the author. It's very British. I mean, I... Uh, but having... she calls herself out on that. I yeah. mean, when he says, I'm too British to ask you out on the first time I see you. But, I, I mean, I... Having... Uh, what's the having grown my teeth, sharpened my teeth? What's that oh, saying? Um, cut my cut my teeth. I think I think it's cut my teeth. Yeah, having cut my teeth on British chiclet, I'm very accustomed to this <laughs> um this style of dryness that you refer to. Um, and so I it doesn't. I actually kind of, you know, it makes me a little nostalgic every time I read a British romance <laughs> um, because it's what I cut my teeth on. There you go. Um, Shannon says, I really liked this book. Not sure I'd call it a full romance, though. It felt more like women's fiction. Romance. Romance. Especially in the second half. I loved the in initial connection and intimacy of her interactions with Ted, but then she has... So many connections with so many characters that the romance with Ted gets lost in the mix. Jasper was given too much background. Did we really need the weird kitchen salesman stuff? I felt it would have worked better if he was just a nice guy, but they didn't connect. It was a wonderful story of Laura's journey to finding her past and her next stage in life. But as a romance, I was left wanting more. <laughs> oh, I think we already covered that. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the, um, but it was funny when she goes in his house and he's got all this kitchen set up and she's, she's like, like, I'm sure he's a killer now. Because he's got, <laughs> who needs more than one kitchen? Only if you're a killer. I mean, I kind of like that they give Jasper, like, he's an actual character. It's kind of like I said, like, I like that he's a nice guy and she has to consciously choose to pick Ted over him. Because on paper, you know, it's like uh, D, right? Her friend's name yeah. is D. Um, D's like, why would you not pick this guy? He's, you were just telling me that yesterday that he's your soulmate. He and checks all the boxes. He's, you know, he's everything that, and it would be frustrating as her friend because she's been going on about like, you know, finding this perfect guy and D's like, you found him. This is him. This is what you've been asking this for all this time. This is what you've been looking for all this time and, you know, turning away all these other guys for. And, um... And so you would, I think you would kind of be frustrated as her friend. Um, so, I don't know. I think the kitchen salesman is just kind of a, one of those things that kind of... Makes it kitschy. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of makes it like, hmm, that's interesting. Like that's when you a, when you meet different. When you meet someone. It's a quirk. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Because it's kind of, it's it's a little quirky, but um, he's got his thing. That's his... That's his thing. That's his kitchens. Okay. Um, Jennifer says, I absolutely loved this book. In fact, I can see it being one of my favorites of the year. It had so many beautiful things to say about love. I think it resonated for me personally because I identified with Ted. I've been divorced, but now I've been married to my second husband for 10 years. Um, quote, the human heart is like a flower bed, Laura. Once the first blooms die, there's room enough for something else to grow. There were so many lovely quotes like that. Quote, some people bring out the parts of yourself you like the most. And my favorite, quote, maybe life's more about carving out happy chapters than finding a single happy ending. Yes. That's the one I was trying to think of. The whole story about Laura's parents broke my heart, but honestly, that contributed to the depth of feeling and emotion in the book for me. And it was also a very funny book, too, too somehow. So many laugh-out-loud moments, and I loved Laura and Ted as our couple. I admit it took me a while, a long time to realize the cab driver was going to be the hero. I kept thinking, where is suitcase guy? <laughs> I read this a few months back and can't remember where I finally realized it, but rereading this, rereading it this week, I think I should have known... On page 68, when Laura mentions Ted's forearms. Yeah, you yeah. should have. Come on, That's Jennifer. the dead giveaway. Uh, it's always the forearms with these heroines. <laughs> uh, swooniest I moment. Know, I get it. When Ted jumps into the sea for her and the mention that Henry Cavill is coming to Jasper and Suki's wedding. Perfection. Um, yeah. I I'm, I hadn't even read the back cover description for this, so it's I don't even have that as a cheat. Um, but... As soon as Ted showed up, maybe not as, I think it was the second ride. I was like, okay, so he's going to be our hero. Yeah. I, as soon as it, we just kept getting more and more of him, I, you know, yeah. I, I was pretty early on that I realized, yeah, this is, he's yeah. going to be the guy. Um, Gail says, can someone please turn this into a movie? This book is very Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society meets When Harry Met Sally. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love a movie of this. It would be a. It would be a good one. First of all, the setting would be amazing. Yes. With all kinds of places that we can't pronounce. Yes. So we I don't know. Maybe hear... it could be, you know, Smith Beach for all I know. But it's <laughs> You just, never know. You never know. It's just got a, a string of weird letters put together with weird marks around them. And I have no clue how to pronounce that. Yeah. Um, 
Gale continues. I loved it. I love a good small town community centered story. So this hit some big favorites for me. I loved meeting Ted's family, Laura's family, and all the neighbors and friends. And it has the added fall in love on vacation trope, which I enjoy since I love travel. I feel like the book is probably not strictly a romance since the reader doesn't know who the real couple is. It felt very quote unquote chick lit, but I guess now it might just be called romantic fiction um, or romance. But that was actually <laughs> what I liked about the story. I loved the point when Laura is going to meet Jasper finally and I was thinking, no, stay and kiss Ted. Yes. Yes. The author did a good job bringing us along on the heroine's journey. My swooniest moment is hard to pick because I felt like this book was has a lot of swoon, but I'm going to have to go with when Ted shaved his beard. Yes. Same. <laughs> it was such a sweet moment when he decided to move forward with his life and open himself uh, up to being hurt on the chance he might find something good. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Um, yes. Tiernan says, I went into this with low expectations and I absolutely loved it. I love when I'm surprised. Super cute and a five-star read for me. Um, good. Happy to hear it, Tiernan. Miriam says, I really enjoyed this. I think I do like a story where there's a bit of a surprise as to who the hero will be, which I guess is not common in pure romance. Mari McFarland's Last Night was another recent example of that that I loved. At the same time, I'm not mad about those stories where you find out two pages from the end with little buildup. Um, I thought it was done well here. I didn't get a chance to reread, so I can't remember exactly when I realized that Ted was the hero. But when she was going through the contents of the suitcase and they were just that bit too perfect and her friend commented on the generic favorite book choice, that was when I knew the story wouldn't be a chase the clues until they meet on the last page type of book. Also, I'm sorry, but I just don't like Jasper as a name, so that was never going to work for me. <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone out there named Jasper. Yeah. But. <laughs> I loved Ted and how he kept getting younger and younger each time she met him. Her parents' story was heartbreaking for her. Probably not very realistic how far off track she was, but people do romanticize stories for their kids all the time. Maybe just not as much. And I also didn't buy the grandmother never knowing her granddaughter over this penny, but I suppose things like that happen. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way you would keep me away from my grandkids. <laughs> yeah. And she never figured out before how her name was pronounced. Um, there's probably loads of things she did that annoyed me, but I've kind of forgotten them. I found it funny about the boss mixing up Jersey and Guernsey. I'm sure it happens all the time. After finishing this, I decided to read this time next year and stayed awake till 2 a.m. finishing it. You know, when you go, I'll just read one next chapter, then go to sleep. I know it well. <laughs> so you can tell I enjoyed that too. Maybe more than this one. I'll definitely look out for her next books. Um, yeah, I have many nights where I have to like throw my Kindle across the room so that I can't keep reading because I'm too lazy to get out of bed <laughs> and go get, get it my again. Kindle. <laughs> Um, yes, good points all around. All of them. All around. I'm glad everybody I mean, enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, everybody seems to have enjoyed this. Uh, finally, Arthur sent in an email. He says, this is a strong like for me. What with Laura's journey to uncover the history of her parents, Ted's arc of figuring out his messy situation while easing his father into assisted living, 
the snug and homey Jersey backdrop, and the theme of memory and how we use physical objects to embody past events and moments. Even though the romance plays a major role, this feels much more like quote-unquote women's fiction, though the term deeply irks me. What kept this from being a love, however, were the occasional points when the story felt like it was dragging itself out and Laura was waffling between Ted and Jasper, although I do appreciate how the love triangle trope was utilized in a non-contrived manner. One of my favorite beats is when Laura is alarmed at the revelation of Jasper's five kitchens and the theoretical possibility that he's a real-life Patrick Bateman, <laughs> leading her to, quote, I haven't seen even seen the latest Bond film yet. I'll die not knowing if Phoebe Waller-Bridge managed to revive the franchise. <laughs> uh, did anyone else predict Belinda being the author of Tiger Woman as soon as she called herself a tiger? I did it before then, so... Ellen, you are just Finally, amazing. I never foresaw Suki and Jasper getting together, but looking back on their interaction back in his kitchen, it makes sense. Yes. I actually, as soon as they, there's something that he says like, oh, she can be terrifying, can't she? Um, I was like, they're going to end up together too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm glad that this one seems to have been overall a win. Always yeah. happy. And more than anything, though, I'm really glad that it wasn't fake dating. That's my very favorite part <laughs> about this book. Any book after our string of fake dating <laughs> would have been a win at this point. Uh, Mom, any final thoughts? No, I loved it. I loved them. I loved the Jersey Island. Yep. I loved all of it. Yep. Here for it. Um, good pick whoever recommended this one. Yes. Those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Just Haven't Met You Yet by Sophie Cousins. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook group page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 28th, we will be having our free-for-all. So make sure you get in your book reports. Um, if you have any questions about that, DM me, message me, whatever suits your fancy. Uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.